I started a nationally trending uh, hashtag this week, so you know I got that going for me. Uh, Wingian Gabriel, known uh, for showing uh, his insane athletic ability multiple times uh, on the court uh, and off. You know, it's always how is Buddy and not what is Buddy drinking. You think, oh my gosh, I caught a break. They're they're leaving the floor. Now you're a meme on Twitter because Reed Shepard just dumped on you. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Sack BBN here, joined by just two-thirds of my Twitter best friends. Wildcat Tongue is missing, but in the house, we got Big Blue Bud and 270 Bradley Smith, and we are up to no good, and we have a wonderful Kentucky basketball win to talk about. They take down the number nine-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels in one of, um, I was going to say one of the better matchups we've seen but those two it seems like every time those two teams play um there is just an absolute instant classic but anyways before we get into that game Bradley we missed you last week or earlier this week how are you doing Uh, I'm doing pretty good uh sorry I had to miss that but I had some uh work obligations I had to take care of I was out of town uh but I know you boys did a good job with that uh I'm I'm pretty tired though I haven't been sleeping good the last few nights uh, two nights ago, I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning with a really bad Charlie horse. And like, apparently I woke up screaming. I don't remember that. But my wife said that like she thought I was dying. Uh, and my leg has been sore for the last two days after that. I actually uh, so. strangely relate to that a lot. I also have not been sleeping, really been struggling just to stay asleep. I've like woke up at 4 a.m. the past few nights. Mm -hmm. And each time I wake up, I have very bad like muscle spasms in my legs. So yeah, that's happening with us to to like build on that, though. I also talk in my sleep like I have full on conversations like with people that aren't there. Uh, So she thought something like that might have been happening, too. But no, it was a cramp. Sorry to hear it. Buddy, you're not feeling too good either. A little, little under the weather, too. You doing all right? You hanging in there? I'm hanging in there. I'm fine. I don't have an L.A. I have a water. I'm drinking for my health. And I'm just have a, I also I've been, uh, have a good Kentucky basketball team. Does that help? Yeah, you? yeah that's nice. That helps. No, I, I don't uh, take much medicine, but right before the game, I took some so that I would feel better for at least the duration of the game. Um, and then I did. So I was kind of like half alive for the basketball game and then super sick before that all day and after that all night and most of the today. But, um, but that was nice. So yeah, cool cats. Cool cats. I think, so I have Jack Pilgrim on post notifications because I love Jack. Uh, but I think we should start beef with him. He literally just posted. Um, a second ago that they are starting to record sources say podcast so i feel like he just saw us and felt threatened it was like wow rope to no goods recording tonight we got to do something about that so oh, just throw up the, it's time yeah. yeah sorry guys i gotta go uh there's another <laughs> podcast i have to no, no i'm just kidding oh uh, but yeah kentucky basketball like i said f- fantastic win um the game was like on crack it was <laughs> A very interesting game to watch. I mean, I'm pretty sure the very first play of the game, we turned the ball over. Aaron Bradshaw threw it out of bounds. Then North Carolina almost throws the ball out of bounds in their first possession. Armando Baycott saves it by, like, throwing it off Bradshaw's legs. 
And then later that possession, um, North Carolina then proceeds to throw the ball out of bounds and turn it over so i feel like that just kind of set the tone for like a, like how the entire first half went it literally was just turnovers back and forth and just ups and downs kentucky had throughout the game three different 10 point leads north carolina recovered from all of them we had multiple chances to put the game away we couldn't quite get it out of north carolina's reach but we did it when it mattered we made the plays when we had to i would just say we're the tougher team and i honestly is like i'm not saying i would rather not win by 20 and just dominate them but it was good to see that our team could have things that go wrong not everything went right um and we were still able to persevere and win how many times last year would like antonio reeves start the first half shooting oh of six have zero points and then he would end the game like one of 12 you know but he came out in the second half he got a quick three got to the free throw line a few times got a couple buckets got some points had a few good rebounds didn't absolutely suck on defense um, he kind of pulled it around, which was great to see. Aaron Bradshaw picked up a couple fouls, which I think were both BS on Armando Baycott. He was kind of just shoving them around. And, of course, um, Baycott getting the calls that he does. Bradshaw got in foul trouble, but he comes back in when it matters, made free throws when it matters, made big-time plays. Medusiero, first game coming off the bench, you know, like he, he could have rolled over and accepted, all right, I'm not going to have as big of a role. What do I do? Um, he comes in with like four blocks, three blocks. What was it? I know him and Ugo together had seven combined blocks. So there were lots of struggles throughout this game. Not everything went pretty for the Cats, but it was good to see that they could have a game like that and still win in a neutral site against a Final Four contender like North Carolina. We, we've seen when everything goes right, how we can just blow out a team like Miami. When everything doesn't go right, this team can still grind away a win. I love seeing that. I love my team. Buddy, how did you feel? I felt good. Um, it, it feels like night and day to UNC Wilmington. Uh, it makes yeah. it more feel more and more fluky all the time. You know what I mean? I don't know why so many people wanted to freak out after that loss. It was a bad loss, but like that's not the game that defines us. Like These are the games that define us. And But yet people want to believe that that's Kentucky and all of this is just the – so that's nonsense. But I love that – I feel like – um, our greatest weapon still is our our depth. Um, our guys went here, here. Were the splits? There were two guys with eight points, one guy with seven points, one guy with nine. Uh, there was an eleven points, a twelve points, a fourteen points, and a seventeen point. That's so balanced and so even. I mean, like unusually, uncommonly balanced and even. Just that that split for those points. I don't think you'll find another team in college basketball with a. Uh, you know, it's a score split like that. Uh, like legitimately, that's very uncommon. But um, a uh, quick question. You, you yeah. brought up that, like the UNC Wilmington game. People say that good teams that go on championship runs or even final four runs, they don't lose to UNC Wilmington. It's never happened. But also every time that Cal has won a game in Atlanta in the regular season, they went on to the final four. So it's kind of like the unstoppable object versus the, or a movable object, unstoppable force. There we go. Uh, which one's going to win out here? Is it the every Catlana win goes to a Final Four or the good teams just simply don't lose to UNC Wilmington? Or maybe I it's all nonsense and it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, that all of this, like, yeah, there's not been a, speaking of random arbitrary stats, there's not been a team uh, that was not ranked top 12 in the Week 6 AP poll. Uh, like every national championship for the past uh, or every national champion for the past 20 years has been ranked top 12 in the, in the week six AP poll. Like, Oh, that's, you know, 
is this like a trend that if you're not in the like uh the top 12 in week six then you might as well just like quit or is this just like some random stat that like people found right and i i just don't believe any of that. you can't win unless you're an older more mature experienced team in college but like no those guys just have like a like just just no you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't actually affect anything uh, it's nice to have but um, no it's we can still win this a, a loss to unc wellington doesn't uh disqualify us we're, we're fine <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you're also absolutely right about just the balance of the team. Uh, but you were closest in the score prediction another week. Um, I'm tempted to maybe give you Aaron Bradshaw for MVP, but who was the MVP? I mean, this was textbook team win. I mean, we don't win if Ugana and Yenzo in his first game and Adu Thiero in his first game coming off the bench don't combine for seven blocks. Like, we needed all those blocks. Um, as much as like up and down as Rob Dillingham had and Antonio Reeves had, if like Reeves doesn't get his buckets in the second half, Dillingham doesn't make the plays that he does down the stretch. Think of all the big plays Reed Shepard made, the Camden boys, both of them, every single person that went on the floor, even Justin Edwards, who I gave a little bit of hard time on Twitter yesterday. A lot of people did. I mean, you go back, he only played, I'm looking at the box score. He played 12 minutes. He got six rebounds and he had eight points, um, mm -hmm. and two assists. And he was plus seven, which is a stupid stat, but you know, um, he kind he kind of did it all. Uh, well, maybe I was looking at the wrong person. Yeah, he was plus three. Um, but anyways, he he, you were really like Justin Edwards. If he's just simply made a dunk instead of getting rim stuffed again and made a layup from three feet when he was pretty wide open, we're thinking, oh, Justin Edwards had a really good game. He got up to twelve points. He got six rebounds in limited minutes. Um, we're, it wasn't the Justin Edwards breakout game where we're feeling a lot better about him. It really was a team win. There were a lot of lows across the board, but everyone needed to do what they needed to do to get us this win. You could make uh, an argument for a few guys for MVP. I think Bradshaw's a good one, the way that he closed out the game for us, and he led us in plus-minus uh, with the highest. Uh, I think it was plus-nine or whatever. But like you said, stupid stat, it's whatever. Um, th yeah, there's there's a few guys you could make a case for. Uh Actually, I know we talked some about Justin last episode. I feel better about Justin uh, after this game, even, um, you know, just being like consistent and kind of there and that guy, um, you know, I'm okay with that. If you can be that guy in this kind of game as well, like you're just going to like be consistent and give us 10 points. I mean, eight points in 13 minutes is good. I mean, that's really good. And six rebounds, like you played well to me. Now those gaffes happen, like get stuffed by the rim. He has to lead the, you know, college basketball in just getting stuffed by the rim, which just makes no sense considering the freak athlete you are. But like those kind of things make you look bad and look dumb and just, you know what I mean? Like those glare and like stick out worse than, you know, just getting a quiet 10 points in, in 12 minutes or whatever. Um, and so you got to overlook that and you got to kind of see through that and like, what did he actually do? And, uh, and to be honest, I, I liked what I saw to Justin Edwards. It's, it's not an explosive game, but we didn't need you to do that. We just need you to be who you were. So. Yeah. And I mean, he, he shot three of nine. We were literally two one foot shots away from being five of nine for 12 points. And maybe he plays more and gets another bucket to fall. Uh, Bradley, who's your MVP? Who stood out to you the most? Um. I'm really going to say this because I picked him for MVP and I just want to be right. Uh, but how about a do man? He was out there and he was playing physical uh, four blocks and uh, hustled and he was, he was elite, uh, but no, seriously. Um, I think 
I think I'd probably have to go Bradshaw, uh, just because he's he's a special special player, and, and this is in game three that he's doing this. He, I, I think, come March, he could be our best player. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, where do you rank him right now in terms of our best players? It gets I mean, really mucky it's, at the top, like one through six. It it really blends together. It's um, tough because how much do you value usage versus production? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'd say that he's I, – I could be convinced that he's in the three to five or maybe three or four for our best player. I still think it's hard to go away from Reed. Uh, just because he's been the do-it-all guy all season. And, I mean, he had a good game. He didn't have, like, a spectacular game, but he had a good game. Um, it, it's – I think you have a good argument for Rob, and I think you can have a good argument for DJ and Trey. Uh, so, uh, somewhere I, – I think those five make up our top five best players. Uh, but, but Bradshaw by March, I mean – if he can, if he can continue to improve as much as he has just in three games, I mean he he can win us he can win us some tournament games playing cool, like he has. The cool thing about the top five players that you just named is that there was actually six: Bradshaw, Mitchell. Unless you didn't name Reeves, did you leave out Reeves? Yeah, I left out Reeves. But I mean, um, the fact, you know, you the fact no, that Antonio Reeves, no, who's leading our no team shade. in scoring, might be no our best sh- shooter, is not top five on our team. That it goes back to no. the depth. No shade to Reeves by that. I just mean like I don't know how I want to express it. We we've all shared these thoughts of of big game Antonio Reeves and how there might not have been a worse player in the Cal era. But uh, no, that was just a joke. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It speaks to the depth of this team that a guy who was our offense a year ago that now he's what the sixth and I mean you can make an argument that he's higher than that but sixth seventh best player on our team and and you still haven't listed a Duthiero who you said had a really yeah. good case to be the yeah. MVP and our biggest win of the year against North Carolina um so and, and that's not even including Justin Edwards who's might be the most talented guy on the team who knows when he breaks out my thing with Aaron Bradshaw is I just think about final four minutes of the game who do I 100% want out there? I think DJ Wagner is number one in that case. Like he just needs to be in the mm-hmm. game. But like I think Reed and Dillingham and Reeves are all kind of interchangeable. And I would argue that, yeah, Trey probably needs to be out there as well. But there are games where Adu probably gives you just as much. More on the defensive end, maybe not as much spacing on offense. But uh, I mean, he even looked pretty good on offense last game. But Aaron Bradshaw needs to be out there on the court as well. I just think DJ and Aaron, the two Camden guys, I think they're our two best players right now. Yeah. I mean, certainly you could make that argument. And you talk about, you know, who you want in that game or who you want in the game as, you know, late game situation. If you're down four with a minute left, there's one player that absolutely has to be in there, and that's Rob Dillingham. (laughs) Because, I mean, either he's going to, make two 35 footers in somebody's face or he's going to airball them. <laughs> but you've got to have Rob out there just because of he, I, I don't know that he doesn't have the highest scoring ceiling on the team. 
just because when he's feeling it, oh man, I thought I thought after that flagrant on Wojcik or whatever, man, I tweeted Wojcik doesn't know, but he he just got sixty dropped on his head because I thought for sure Rob was about to go nuts, and Rob had a had a bad shooting night, uh, but he was able to recover from a little thing uh, from. Uh, he was able to recover through a few uh, other areas. I'm sorry. I'm no. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're fine. He had a bad shooting night and still uh, led the team in scoring. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, see, the, the nice thing is, is that you can't really like you know you talk about guys that like they have to be out there. Who you, you can't really go wrong, and it goes back to like how well that score is split up and how even we are. Like you can't. I mean, just there's so many combinations of guys you can have out there and it's just, you're all right anyways. Cause this team is like that deep and there's so many guys that are so good. Like it's, it's just a fantastic team. And on, about Bradshaw, what you said earlier that by March Bradshaw is going to be unstoppable. I think early sec play Bradshaw is really going to get to show what he's made of because the sec is like that. We're going to see how tough he really is. And I think that he could like start shining then sooner, a lot sooner than March. We're going to see what Aaron Bradshaw is made of. And to that point, a lot of SEC bigs suck. Like some of the <laughs> some of the like prominent SEC bigs that we've looked at in the last couple of years. Like there's no Colin Castleton in the league anymore. There's no uh, Charles Bediaco anymore. There's no Kobe Brown anymore. Uh, I think uh, Brazil at Arkansas is nice. He's good. Uh, and then past that, I mean, there's nobody that I think. Is just a bad matchup for Bradshaw. Yeah, Johnny Broom. Uh, yeah, I mean Janai Broom. He can. He's That'll physical. He's physical, but he's also like six nine, six ten, and Bradshaw's seven one, seven two. How about Jamarion Sharp? <laughs> okay, does he play? I haven't watched I a second so. of Ole Miss. He's um, also not good. I don't. Yeah, no, um, he sucks. That that's true. That's true. Uh, it bad. it takes truly generational talent. When you're seven five, to give up twenty eight rebounds to a like six six guy, <laughs> and Jamarian Sharp did that. People forget Oscar Sheebway, twenty eight rebounds against Jamarian Sharp. He was like a seven. foot shorter than him. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, people forget Jim Bayon killed a guy. <laughs> I just say that. People, people did forget. forget about that. People did forget about that. Um. <laughs> He threw me off. I was going to say something about Rob. Um, Sorry. No, I just like Rob. He did lead the team in scoring. That's kind of funny. He really shot one of six from three. He was five of ten inside the arc. And that includes uh, a 22 and a half footer where his foot was barely on the line again, where he had like a, a set, step back sidestep <laughs> shot. Oh, so that's funny. That's one of the one he made. Um, where did, how did you guys feel about the turnovers? That's kind of been our strength. And maybe that was just the vibes of the game because we had 14, which is way up for us, but they had 17 as well. Um, Reed Shepard had three turnovers. Thank you, letter team. Very uncharacteristic of him. Trey Mitchell had a couple, and he, he has a very high IQ as well. How, how do you all feel about that? This is something we need to worry about because this is a few games in a row where we have seen the turnover numbers upping. We haven't been taking care of the ball as much. Again, we're changing our offense. We're adding players. We're integrating things. We're learning new concepts in Camp Cal. Um, do you think that the high assist to turnover ratio was just kind of a thing that happened early in the season, or do you think that'll come back naturally as time progresses? Um, I th I thought it was 
uh, a little anomalous how few turnovers that we had early in the season. I don't think that it was ever possible to keep that up uh, to that level because, I mean, it was really, really good. Um, but I also think that this has been like this game against North Carolina was there was a lot of turnovers. Um, I think 14. Let me double check. I can check real mm-hmm. quick at the box score here. Was it 14? Yeah, 14 as a team. And I think Reed had three. Um, 14 is a lot for us, uh, especially when we had games with like three and four. Um, and so I think that where we're going to kind of pan out is somewhere right in the middle of that, like a normal number of turnovers that are just going to happen for whatever reason. But um, I don't think that I don't think that this is what we are. And I don't think super early in the season is is what we are or either. I think like realistically, we're going to we're going to land somewhere in the middle of that. We're just we just kind of seen both extremes so far. And yeah, what Armando, you look Baycott, at... Armando Baycott had six turnovers on him, on himself. That's kind of funny. I think he had more turnovers than points. And he also had 15 offensive fouls that didn't get called. The first, like, two minutes – well, not the first two minutes. The first two times he sat in a legal screen and got called, and it took him out in the first half. I'm like, thank God we're calling that. He comes back in the game and did not stop setting illegal screens. Every single time <laughs> he just threw a shoulder at someone and it didn't get called. I think he ended the game with like three or four fouls and like all of them were on the offensive end and he probably should have had um, 11 more. The uh, the Elliott Cadu turnover to end the game was kind of funny. So my Man. my stepbrother is North Carolina fan. So before the game uh, started, he he like texted me good luck or whatever. And then as the game was coming down to the wire, um, he, he was kind of texting me and he, he told me, do like when we were up three, with like their final possession, or I guess second to final possession, what looked like was gonna be their final possession. He said, Don't let RJ get a look. I repeat face guard RJ. Um, I said, maybe the white guy do you got the white the white guy you gotta guard uh too, referring to Cormac Ryan. Um, he said, No, he would miss in the moment. I envisioned a wide open miss from Cormac or no shot at all, and just let him hit it in the back. Is <laughs> when he texted me um after the play unwinded and we saw what happened. So um, it, that that was kind of a funny ending. I, I wish it ended better. Like if we had like an mm-hmm. insane block to end the game or a huge defensive stand, because just the entire five last five minutes, I was like, guys, can we please get one defensive stand? Just one, just one, just one. And every time it was like RJ Davis three, RJ Davis three, RJ Davis three. Um, so luckily North Carolina just kind of shot themselves in the leg there. But that is something we need to improve moving forward. Are these defensive stops? You could hear Bill Rafferty just deflate when it bounced off his back because and people were like man he wanted North Carolina to win I feel like and I was like no he just wanted to like you know make the call at the that's what announcers want to do they want to have like the like last second shot and be oh my goodness you know what I mean onions or whatever like uh that's what he wanted and then it just like went off his back and was like well what was this all for you know what I mean this isn't how you want to end a game um but oh well whatever that that is a funny way for them to lose it you can't argue with any of that and that was so refreshing because, like, that's such a Kentucky way to lose a game. <laughs> like, for us to do something like that, like, I just got instant flashbacks to the COVID year. Just was like, it, just like Olivier Sar bricked wing jumper again. Well, wasn't like, there a game? I, wasn't there a game where we came back again? We were down one, and Olivier Sar just turned the ball over at midcourt. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, this is this is such. <laughs> Kentucky but like we've we've seen that movie so many times though like Cormac Ryan just 
buries it from the corner. Like we, we've just seen that so many times. It was good to see that not happen. But I'm a I'm a big Elliot Cadeau guy. Um, his mom follows me on Twitter. But uh, I, I was like, yeah, I don't know. But um, Bradley pulling all the players' moms. <laughs> so I, I hated that it had to be him. I wish it would have been R.J. Davis, just because like he kept them single-handedly almost in that game. I wish he could just had like an embarrassing like step on the baseline moment. But you know we won, so it's it's cool. I wish uh, Paxson Wojak check, checked in just for like another minute and just like tripped and fell over and turned the ball over to Rob Dillingham from the Duncan on him. That would have been my favorite moment. But I'm right with you. How refreshing was it? Like we all felt the same PTSD. Like Kentucky should be winning this game. They should be pulling away. Uh-oh, here comes North Carolina. They just took a one-point lead. It's like, all right, game over. Like we're just not closing this out. They have a guard going insane. We're just not going to be able to get a stop. But we were just tougher than them. Yeah, they took the lead back. They got a one-point lead. It lasted for 14 seconds. We scored the next possession. We never gave it up again. Um, Just super proud of the way the team fought overall. We talked about the turnovers getting a little bit worse. Things that got better. I would say defense got better. I know that really didn't reflect on the score. Again, that's just kind of the style of the game. It was very fast-paced, lots of shots. Um, We're we're not going to have a whole lot of games where we face a guard like R.J. Davis who makes all the shots that he did but rebounding a lot better. I think we out-rebounded the other team. I think I saw we had like 15 offensive rebounds or something stupid like that too. I got to pull the box. Uh, Yeah, 42 rebounds, 18 offensive rebounds as a team. We out-rebounded North Carolina by 10, had 18 offensive rebounds. Wow. What do you know? Having two bigs in there actually isn't the worst thing in the world. Justin Edwards had four of those offensive rebounds. There was six rebounds, four of them were on the offensive end. So, yeah, saying, man. Uh, shout That's for him good. for grinding that out. He was in the right place. Um, what was I going to say earlier? There was something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now this is off topic. But uh, Baycott not getting fouled out. I say we call it you know, we're, we're even because Bradshaw definitely fouled out and they just, like, gave it to Dillingham instead. And we got to keep Bradshaw for the last three minutes, which was clutch. Didn't the um, same thing happen to Baycott, though, where he committed a foul in this game with R.J. Davis? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, they just, like, kept him in the game for both of them. <laughs> so we call it a wash. We call it a wash, and we just kind of roll with it, you know? Here's my thing. How many bad guards are going to continue to go off on us? Because Dewan Harris, bad guard, went nuts, hasn't made a three since that Kentucky game. Or, like, he might have made one. This better not be out of Cormac Ryan. You better leave Cormac Ryan. No, I'm talking about R.J. Davis. Well, R.J. Davis, didn't they say he scored 25 points in a game for like five, the previous five games? So he's been doing that. I know he's not good. Yeah, we kind of just thought he was hot. He's bad. And Caleb Love stole his girlfriend. (laughs) I thought it was the other way around. Didn't they both kind of steal each other's girlfriends? No, I think Caleb Love took R.J. Davis's girlfriend. Uh, I know Shay will probably be listening. So Shay, uh, whenever you hear this, let us know. More like Caleb Lust. (laughs) 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 So dumb. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, rebounding much improved. Um, Yeah, a lot of it did have to do with some of the bigger lineups. Yeah, wouldn't you know, like 
when you put in taller players, other teams don't score in the paint as much. Your defense looks a little bit better. You rebound a little bit better. And we didn't sacrifice spacing. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> well, so the whole the whole pointless like arguments that we had over the past week and a half, and I say we because we kind of did a little bit, not so much with the Cal comments. Those were taken way out of proportion. But when Bruiser came in, we're like, oh, why are you saying we're going to slow it down? Why are you saying we're going to post up more? I'm fine with running the, the two bigs, but I think they should still be used to their full potential, which is being skill players out on the perimeter as well in the post, kind of mixing it up. But literally we saw for an entire game, that was kind of the conclusion we came at the last episode. It's like, regardless of how you feel about it, whether you're worried about the comments or not, let's see how it actually plays in a game before we judge. And wouldn't you know, the game played out and we spaced out the court and did not clog the lane and didn't double post up. We honestly didn't post up that much at all. And after the game, Cal was like, why did you guys think we were going to do that? <laughs> like, we're not changing our offense. How many times do I have to tell you guys we are not changing our offense? It doesn't matter that we're playing bigger players because these bigger players can shoot threes too. What an insane concept. Did you see Did you see the quote afterward? I posted his quote where he was like, well, I don't know. Like, uh, somebody told me that everybody thought we were just going to walk it down the court because we got a second big. And he's like, what are you talking about no we play fast it's who we are like why would you think that or whatever but it's it just goes on a list of like all the things i've been told you know i've been told that uh calipari is going to revert the offense and slow it all down i've been told that uh he's not going to play aaron bradshaw i've been told that he was going to handcuff rob dillingham and not let him really play to his like all these things i've been told about john calipari that he's just proving wrong uh all through the season you know yeah, even after one of Dillingham's more sporadic, crazy games where he had probably had three or four shots, where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Um, he even said, yeah, you can't clip his wings. You got to let him do what he wants. Uh, I think he did have the quote, like, let's limit uh, him to like one and one uh, mixtape play per half. So two for the game is what he's allowed. So I thought that was kind of funny. But you're absolutely right. Like Aaron Bradshaw is never going to play. Oh, look at that. He's playing. Oh, Cal's going to hate Rob Dillingham. Oh, he's letting him play through more mistakes than I've seen any player ever play through. Um, still putting up 25 points per game. Oh, Cal, is he's just going to ride out Justin Edwards. He's not going to take him out of the game. He's just going to overplay him because that's his five-star and his top pick. Oh, the Duthiero had one of the better games of his career, if not the best game of his career. Justin Edwards was not on that level. Adu played more minutes than Justin. Justin just played like 12 minutes and change. Um everything that all these false narratives the the cal's just going to slow it down he's going to put it whatever um i mean i mean what 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 can you say i mean cal has done none of those things and everyone that spent a second complaining about any of them just wasted their time and was wrong by the way uh justin edwards had the uh second least uh minutes played out of anybody it was only, only to ugo yeah what did, what did you all think about Ugo's minutes? I was actually really happy. Um, I don't think, for, for ob the obvious reasons, like he is the only player that on our team that won't shoot a three. Um, even like when Z comes back or Jordan Burks, he'll be the only player on our team that is not going to shoot threes. So he does clog it up a little bit more. I think you have to be careful with the lineups. I think to close the first half, we had him with Trey and Justin. Um, so I think we were a little too clogged there and we did see them come back at the end of the first half, but he's immediately the best defender on the team, in my opinion. And a lot of people think like, oh, good. We get the seven footers back like Aaron Bradshaw's here. He's going to be the rim protection we need. 
He's not an elite rim protector. Like, he's fine. He's tall. Ugo, I think, is an elite rim protector, and we saw that right away. I mean, he, he had some very insane blocks. Uh, what did y'all think about his minutes, and how much do you think we actually should play him? I think it was perfect. Five to ten minutes. Um, I think probably closer to five, but if Aaron Bradshaw gets in foul trouble, maybe closer to ten. Um, I thought that was perfect how we used him. It's it's not about the quantity of minutes for me. It's back. It's situational again. Did I cut you off, Bradley? No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're sorry. You were looking at me like I cut you off. <laughs> um, it's I think like we said last week. Uh, it's it's situational when we play. Uh, Ugo, I I did like the minutes that he gave us, but also, and I know it's a misleading stat a little bit, but he was like minus eleven on the when he was out there. Uh, I know we were like. I think it was Aaron Calipari that like ironically said when we played against Marshall and won like 115 to 80 something, she was like, well, the best defense is a good offense, which is kind of, you know, funny and a joke, but like at the same time, what he takes away from us on offense, I don't know that he makes up for on defense, even as good as he is. We have so many fantastic players on offense. So, uh, eh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we have him. He's a piece that I like, um, but playing as many minutes as he did i think you know yeah 10 minutes is that should be probably around the max but it depends on what kind of game you're in in the sec there could be situations where you want to play him more so but go ahead brad yeah no i i think he showed some elite defensive instincts i just some of those blocks were very very nice uh but you're right on offense on offense i don't want ugo attempting a shot where his hand doesn't touch the rim I mean, nothing but dunks, putbacks, alley-oops. For now, that's literally all that we want uh, from Ugo. Uh, But, you know, if – if and and this was his first game back. If he starts to show a little bit of confidence – now, I don't want him out there spotting up in the corner, but if he can have like a little elbow, ooh, long two – uh, but if he can have a little elbow jumper, I'm I'm not entirely against that. If if he can do it, he needs to improve his hands. Like he had a play earlier where I think he yeah. like almost got an offensive rebound, but instead of just picking it up and then dunking it really easily, he kind of just punched the ball out of bounds. So yeah, I agree with the offense, but the plus minus was very misleading because again, the lineup that we put him in for like the final two and a half minutes. Um, when Trey Mitchell also picked up a second foul, Aaron Bradshaw was already on the bench with two fouls. Um, I think we put him in with like Adu and Justin, and there just was not a lot of spacing in addition to Ugo. So we pretty much had three guys that weren't really looking to shoot threes out there. And I think our 10 point lead went to like a two point lead going into half, maybe a one point lead. I forget exactly what it was, but that, that, that right there was minus eight, minus nine, whatever it was when Ugo went in. And I really wouldn't say he did anything bad out there. It wasn't really the problem. It just kind of North Carolina had four different really good runs last game, and he just happened to be on the court for one of them. Um, so may, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's for real, but I don't know. I, I'd like to see it moving forward. He'll get some opportunities. I know we have Illinois State and Louisville, so it'll be nice to see him get more of a rhythm. Um, I just do like Hugo, though. I think he's a nice kid. I'm glad he's back. I hope I hope he does find some role, but we'll see how much it is. Um, speaking of Louisville, very I forgot who tweeted it. I don't I don't know if I follow them or not, but very funny tweet. Who will have more ACC wins this year, Kentucky or Louisville? And I, it's easily Kentucky. 
like Kentucky already beat Miami. They already beat North Carolina. They're going to beat Louisville. Does Louisville get anywhere near three ACs? Do they get anywhere near three conference wins this year? I say no. Especially they don't if they have a coaching one. change. They should have like they should have four guys leave the team mid-year too. I know we already got one with Karan Davis, but there's at least three more coming. I'm still trying to figure out if that game when they went down to the wire with Texas is just because Texas is like god awful or because Louisville has the chance like in one of like 40 games to just like play decently enough to maybe pull one out. They do have talented players like Sky Clark was fringe five star. Dennis Evans was a five star. Brandon Hunley Hatfield was a five star. Uh, like they do have talented players there. So when they just happen to somewhat play to that level every once in a while, they could compete with a fraudulent team like Texas, who's also just has a lot of moving parts, putting things together, probably isn't as good as their talent is. Um, like when you, when you have a team like that, they they can be on that game. But like if Max Azemus didn't make like a stupid shot at the end of the game, they could have beaten Texas, which was hilarious. And weren't they beating Indiana like the game after? So but after that was kind of when the wheels really started to fall off, even though they kind of already were. But at that point, it was like you had the tight situation. Um, you had the yeah. whole Karan Davis saga. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about is... the tights. <laughs> the tight situation is a real mess. Listen, Louisville, I just want to say thanks to Kenny Payne and to Louisville because basically I just bet every single team to cover the spread against Louisville. And that's hit like almost 100% of the time. It didn't hit today. Pepperdine didn't didn't cover the spread, but it, it hits most of the time. I've made quite a bit of money just uh, betting against Louisville every single game. It's pretty did, uh, did they beat Pepperdine? They did by like wow. They It was like a 30-point lead at one point, and then Pepperdine like cut wow. into it. But. Wow. Shout out to the University of Louisville. They beat Pepperdine. To improve to five and six on the year. Wow. <laughs> that, that is Kenny Payne has already improved his win total from last year. And people want to fire him. How do you even justify that? He's halfway it's, through the year and already has more wins and people want to it's fire so him. It's so funny how he's just barely been able to hang on. Like he he probably should have been fired last week, but wait, there's a Kevin Knox visit <laughs> coming up. And then now he's gonna pull out this win. He's gonna last just long enough for the Kentucky game, man. He's gonna Oh be- man. <laughs> I'm, I've got the box score pulled up for Louisville versus Pepperdine. We've got a real issue, guys. We've got a real issue. Who on Kentucky is going to guard Mike James? He went seven for 14, three or four from deep. Who is going to guard Trey Johnson? He went two of seven, one of two from deep. Who on earth on Kentucky is going to guard Sky Clark? Two for 11, 0 for 4 from 3. Who is going to do it? I need answers. I'm not sure anybody can guard Trey White. Who's going to guard Caleb Glenn? Who's going to guard Karan Davis, except for Yum Center Security? (laughs) Not let him in the building. (laughs) How did y'all feel about Jalen Withers, former uh, Louisville player, literally handing us the game when he just, like, Punched a free throw back to our team. <laughs> Locked oh, down man. his own player, fumbles the rebound, gives it right back to us. Uh, you can take the player out of Louisville, but you can't take the Louisville out of the player. <laughs> man, that was horrible. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. But oh, man. We're getting the listeners' questions. Do anything else you want to talk about from the game? I'm trying to think. That was such a fun win. 
but it was just such a weird game for the reasons I said. Like we we had fourteen turnovers, they had seventeen, and had like the stupidest ending of all time. I I'll just go back to what I said. It was a great team win. Um, not everyone had their best performance, but everyone fought to make the plays that they needed to, and it it was enough to win. And you 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 have to love that. Um, going into listeners' questions. Typical Kentucky fan says, so which of the current players would you trust most to help you plan the absolute best surprise party for your significant other? So if you're trying to have a surprise party for your significant other, which mm-hmm. current Kentucky players are you recruiting on your team to help you plan that? Um, buddy, who do you got? I feel like Reed Shepard's an easy choice. I mean, yeah, I've got to go Reed Shepard because he's been the surprise of the season for me. So that's has got to be, got to be. I don't know. I've not really thought about any of these guys in the context of planning. I I feel like one of the seven footage would be helpful just to like you know hang the streamers and all that stuff. You know, Get like if we're, decorating, <laughs> <laughs> if we're decorating, then all that length is definitely going to come in handy. Oh. Kentucky Pudge says, when do we start having a conversation about Aaron being a top five pick? Was projected that way in some early mock drafts, then fell after the injury, but now he's back and playing at a high level this early. Um, yeah, Aaron was always going to be a one and done, so that really was never in question. But just how high would he go? I could easily see him getting back in the top five. I mean, he, it, after the UNCW game, I was a little concerned. I was like, ooh, if we're really only using him in the post, maybe his skill level's behind. Uh, he did miss a lot of developmental time. But now he's out there, he's shooting threes, he's blocking shots, he's running the pick and roll. He's everything that we thought he would be and probably a little more. He's probably better. My, take away the injury. At this stage in the season, Aaron Bradshaw is better than I thought he would be. Um, So, yeah, I, I, this draft class is weak. I could see him being in the top five. Like, if you need a center, he's probably the first one off the board. So, the first team that really wants to build around a center early in the draft, he, he could get taken. Um, I, I think if the draft were tomorrow, Bradshaw would be a lottery pick for sure. Uh, based off potential, based off him being, I don't know if he's necessarily the best center, uh, on the draft, in the draft, just as of right this second. Uh, but I could definitely see him. Uh, I think Alexander Saar, you'd have to give, give the tip of the hat to him. But uh, second SAR reference on this episode of Rub to No Good. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, by the end of the season, I could definitely see Bradshaw being top five. Uh, Kentucky Shrek, six-time Rub to No Good listeners question selection, wants to know if you're Louisville's AD and you get the choice of firing KP before you play Kentucky so you have an excuse for the loss or keeping Kenny at least through the UK because Calipari won't bury him. What do you choose? Do we know that Calipari wouldn't want to bury him? Like, doesn't he want the nail in the coffin just so we could have like the, his greatest assistant he's ever had back? He wouldn't, he wouldn't bury his boy though. We've seen it too much with former Cal guys. He wouldn't do it. But to get him back, do we even have room for him? You Which don't think we would make room for like the greatest Nike guys. connection in college basketball? No, Mitch Mitch Barnhart's not letting us hire people, man. He holds it up. Respectfully, like, Bruiser Flint can just... Okay. 
Yeah. Kenny Payne could give his buyout to Bruiser Flint and then become our assistant coach, and I think everyone would just be happy. Honestly, I mean, for real, like we've said, we've all said a lot about Bruiser Flint, <laughs> probably more than we should have. But like, what was he talking about the other day when he came <laughs> on that uh, on that media and said we're going to slow it down and post up more like that was just like completely disconnected from like the actual game plan and completely the opposite of what Cal said and has like, you know, uh, dedicated to, to sticking to like, does he even know what's going on? Like, is he like, like what's going on actually? Like, why would he, he say that? He, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Ma- he's a master of deception. He's like our ace in the hole. Like he's, Bruiser is going to go out there and totally throw off the the game plan of the other team. They won't even know what hit them. But we're not getting rid of Bruiser. He's just always going to be around. Like, have you seen that picture of like the guy in modern clothes at the Gettysburg Address and like all this other stuff? It's like Bruiser is just always going to be. He's like the highwayman. You know, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. He's he Bruiser Flynn is the highwayman for Kentucky basketball. And I'm here to say he's the mastermind behind the one one good Dante Allen game. <laughs> Bruiser, if he can get the most out of Dante Allen, Bruiser is gonna be here till he dies. If he and leaves, he won't die. He won't die. He's a, he's vampire. a vampire. If he Bruiser leaves, Flint's a vampire. Everyone's gonna tell us Bruiser Flint won those games. <laughs> there like you go, Flint. Louisville. Let's swap them. Louisville can get Bruiser. We'll take Kenny. He's been looking for a head coaching job for five years. So certainly they would. They and he can't. He can't find that. a worse program than Louisville. Um, no, you're right though. In like 200 years, some Kentucky assistant's going to be looking through old, like you know, like yearbooks and and uh, like school newspapers and stuff, and see these pictures of Bruiser Flint, who is still on the staff. And they're like, what in the world? And like, you know, the, the scary like horror movie string music plays as they're flipping through and realizing that he's like at least three centuries old. That's, the year is twenty eight. The year is twenty eight twenty three. Humans no longer play basketball. Teams have been invaded by robots, and Bruiser Flint is still on staff at the University of Kentucky. Uh, another question, really good one from Big Bourbon Barrel George. He says, with Ulyss and Wall becoming such big parts of the program, what are the odds we see more former players come to the program after their basketball playing careers are finished? I hope we keep doing it, um, especially under Cal. So if he's here for a little bit while, while, it makes a lot of sense. Like if we were to come and bring in Scott Drew, like Ulyss isn't here. John Wall is not coming to games. Like I guarantee you, if, if Cal is not our coach, John Wall is not still coming to games. Um, but regardless, while Cal's here, I hope we do kind of utilize that. I'm trying to think of like who would be the next round of guys Michael that are Keith starting Gilchrist. to retire, like Boogie Cousins. Uh, he he might be back soon. I'm trying to think. Michael what if Kidd DeAndre Gilchrist. Liggins came back. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Who you say? That's why I said Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, Michael Kidd Gilchrist would be a great one, especially for defense. Um, I hope we keep doing it, and I think it's really likely these like. There's no better player to connect to our guards, especially this specific group of young freshman guards, than Tyler Eulis. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of more examples. Yeah, I hope we keep doing it, and I would not be surprised if Tyler Eulis, whether it's our staff or someone else's, isn't like in a real assistant coach role 
sooner rather than later because what he's doing with this group is just fantastic. It better be ours. I hope so. It better be ours. Also, John Wall. Um, that's my biggest tweet, I think, to date. Not in impressions or anything, but I've got like uh, 2,000 something likes on that tweet. I don't think I've done that before. So uh, just like pointing out, he's been to all of our top 10 games. Oh, yeah. Well, my reply so, to your tweet got seven likes. So nice. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, if I didn't like it, I'll go like it now. Bang. I probably already did, but let me see. We love John Wall. Oh, it's got nine likes, and I did like it. Bang. You're up to nine. Bang. All right. What, uh, what, uh, I had the listener questions pulled up, but I, I have, I have one more. I have one more, at least for us. Uh, okay. WT, he says, which chance should I start in the Yum Center? Uh, WT, sorry, we can't hear, we can't, uh, you aren't with us right now recording, but he will be there in the Yum Center. What chance should he start? Uh, Big Burp. Big Bourbon Barrel George, the aforementioned uh, friend of the program, he came up with a few different chants, which is one those games. Um, mm. Can he come home? Elves in hell, bring back Mac. <laughs> I like bring, bring back, back Mac. Mac would be a funny one. What do y'all think? Um, I think there Mac needs to be a come home, favorite. Kenny. I I like a I I, like, I really like a thank you, Kenny. Uh, that <laughs> one that one would be good. Thank you, Kenny. What about just strippers, strippers, strippers? <laughs> it's been a rough 10 years for Louisville basketball. It's been 10 years. Since they didn't win a national this, championship. Since they didn't win a national championship. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, speaking of that poverty program, unless y'all have any more listeners' questions, we could probably just round this out with our Louisville score predictions. Um, one second. Um, there was one that I wanted to get to. Oh, is it the Taco but, Bell one? Yeah, the Taco Bell one. I'm trying um, to find it. Uh, yeah, it's Kentucky Shrek again. Uh, so he went from six to eight just in two episodes. So. Eight-time listener questions. He's, he's also like on fourteen. He's missed so many. Like he, yeah. he was stuck on four for like three episodes when we kept answering yeah. his questions. And he did meet us at the meetup, right? Was that Kentucky Shrek? I don't remember. We have too many burners that follow us. Yeah. That's our that's our fault for but, being like a but we only podcast. But we only met like three fans at the meetup, <laughs> so we really should remember that. But uh, yeah, uh, Kentucky Shrek says, uh, I have a question for me. It says, seven different dudes hit a three against UNC. What Taco Bell menu item would each of them be? I don't have an answer for each of them, but I do have an answer for a couple of them. Uh, so Trey Mitchell to me is a quesadilla. Uh, because he just hits the spot every time, you know, quesadilla. That's always going to be right. Uh, oh, no, my ESPN app closed out. Uh, give me just a second to get it pulled back up. Um, you need the list of players that hit a three? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm sorry. All right. Um, I know Rob hit one. Okay, Rob. Rob is going to be like a volcano taco. It's like when 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 it's hot, it's hot. Uh, but you just don't always want a volcano taco. Uh, so Rob is a volcano taco. A do hit one. Uh, a do, man. What is a do? A do is cinnamon twists. 
I can't explain that one. He's just cinnamon twists. Reed Shepard? Uh, Reed is Baja Blast. Uh, he is Baja Blast. Have you ever had Taco Bell without a Baja Blast? Uh, it just doesn't seem right. Uh, so Reed is Baja Blast. Um, DJ Wagner. Uh, DJ. DJ is going to be a uh, steak grilled cheese burrito. Like he's he's just really what what gets it done for you. Uh, so he's he's a steak grilled cheese burrito. Antonio Aaron, Reeves. Antonio Reeves. He's just a taco, like just a regular taco. Like you know, you know what you're gonna get. It's fine, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a taco. And then Aaron Bradshaw uh, is the last guy uh, to hit a three. And with him, I am going to go with. Um, Let's see, what is a good menu item for, for uh, Aaron Bradshaw? Nacho fries, because he was gone for so long, but I now mean, he's back, and he's awesome. I've been so, for like three minutes, and I've been sitting here trying to say that Aaron Bradshaw's nacho fries, and then you just said it, and I was like, what the heck? And then I was like, oh, I'm muted. Uh, yeah. So anyways. Aaron Bradshaw's nacho fries. Objective. Don't for not being able to uh, do all of them. <laughs> You did all of them. Yeah, I'm I'm the best. <laughs> Never doubt Bradley when it comes to Kentucky basketball and Taco Bell, especially that crossover. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, know. and another reply said that Adu is Zion Williamson if he was good. Uh, so yeah, I endorse that. What was if Zion was see, good? Did yeah. y'all see Almany uh, Fierro say that like? A dude's on his like King James arc or something like that. What? Dude, he had a few. He had a few game seven. LeBron James like out of nowhere chased down blocks that last game. I thought you meant the Bible. Oh God! <laughs> no. What does that mean? What does it mean, oh mommy? No. That's Oscar Oscar rubbed off on him. <laughs> don't let it do have a premonition of a plane crash. Whatever you do, don't let it happen. Keep Adu awake. Keep Adu awake. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Who am I? I, can't, I? I forgot that Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the wildest story that we ever tell our kids. Is that we lost to St. Peter's because Oscar Shibway had a dream that the team would die in a plane crash. That's such that, a Louisville thing. That'd that be such our, a Louisville thing. That's like our if Tyler Sky Clark, Johnson. If Sky Clark was just like, yeah, this like bus is about to crash, and then they go and lose to Pepperdine. Like that is what, what it would happen. I can't believe it actually happened at UK. It took that, an hour and a half. Tyler. And multiple people to convince Oscar to get on the plane to go to the NCAA tournament. That's our Tyler Johnson tights moment. <laughs> oh, we're going to have so many funny stories to tell our kids one day. Oh, my God. They're not that funny if they end with us losing to St. Peter's. Oh, it's only but, so that's, but that's but that's what makes it Kentucky, that buddy. We can laugh it, about that now. But you know why we can laugh about it now? Because we can tell them year. two. Because we can tell them two years later, Kentucky won the national championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I hope it'll be a funny story we get to tell in what is it four days from now uh when we chant we want Kenny and beat Louisville by 40 or however many we beat him by buddy you have been killing it in score predictions with both the MVPs and closest score for both teams uh you want to lead us off for score prediction and MVP for the U of L game um sure let me take a look at Louisville's last five or six games here they haven't been good <laughs> I can say I can say at a quick glance here um Louisville has not been good Louisville's not been good I think Kentucky is going to win 101 to 71 Who's your MVP? None of your business. Um, it is our business. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Um, ooh, there's so many, so many good options. Um, but I think it would be poetic. I don't know if this is actually what's gonna happen, but I think it would be poetic if it were DJ Wagner. So I'm gonna say DJ Wagner. Very poetic. Um my thinking is if Kenny Payne had no tie to Kentucky. I would predict quite literally cats by 90. Um, like Louisville is so bad and we are so good. Um, but with Kenny being Cal's guy, I'm going to say that cats win 99 to 67 uh, with your MVP being Aaron Bradshaw with his stifling defense of Emmanuel Okorafor. Yeah, I just think no matter how much Cal tries to like bench his best players or slow down the ball, like even if you put in Joey Hart and Jordan Burks and Uganda and Yenzo, like they're all still better than everyone on Louisville. So <laughs> I I still think we win this game by 30 plus. Um, I think we will win 94 to 63. And I'll take the in-state kid, Reed Shepard. He's been growing up thinking about this rivalry. He doesn't give a shit how bad the other team is. None He's going to go for like 25. I do think Justin Edwards will have a get-right game. I mean, it's kind of now or Illinois State if he ever wants to have one against like a very bad team. Um, I'm trying to think of a very bad SEC game. Yeah, until we play like South Carolina Vanderbilt, or something. Vanderbilt's bad this year. Are, are they really bad? Tennessee. Tennessee is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Tennessee is awful. But yeah, I think I think Justin Edwards will have a get-right game, but give me Reed Shepard as our MVP. We'll have to get WTs later, and, well, I guess he's the one who makes the graphics anyway, so he'll just get his own. I need to decide if I'm going to go. Tickets are expensive. And I just not. don't know. Really, really? Lowers are like 250 Yeah. What? Yeah. They were like $4 in the last game. Well, the last Because game they, they weren't playing, playing Kentucky. Kentucky. Goodness. Did you see? I don't know if this was true or not. I forget. I only listen to two radio shows, and it's KRC and KSR. One of them reported that like Louisville is losing out on like a hundred thousand dollars per game because of the lack of tickets that they're selling or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> they're trying to get it all back in Kentucky. Like they don't care if the arena is 90% blue. They're gonna jack up the prices and they're gonna make sure that they get their money for at least that game if Kenny needs to be there, which is crazy. When you think about like what Kenny's buyout is. Like, think about it. They're going to play 30 games this year, and if they're losing $100,000 a game, 
that means they're going to lose like $3 million. I mean, doesn't Kenny's buyout kind of like, it, it doesn't seem as bad when you consider that your revenue will increase. Like people are intentionally boycotting Kenny. Like if, even if they hired some awful replacement to come in and they still suck, more people will come to games. I guarantee it. They actually can't afford the buyout until after the Kentucky game. So they, they've not been able to fire him until after the Kentucky game. And then they'll finally have enough to, to – uh, they've been saving up for his buyout, but they're having trouble. I just had an epiphany. And one particular friend of the program I know will appreciate this. I know a college basketball head coach who is available whenever Louisville finally fires Kenny Payne. It's time to bring Billy Gillespie home. He just took a leave of absence from Tarleton State. Bring oh, Billy home. He took a, a leave of absence from there. There's not a there's not a nighttime golf course that's safe from Billy Clyde whenever he gets back in the bluegrass, baby. Well, well, it it is interesting. Um, Cal has always done very well against. North Carolina and Louisville, like if they're and even like Louisville, they've had some really good stinkers. But they also had some very good teams. Um, and North Carolina has had very good teams. I think like they said, Cal and when North Carolina was ranked in the top ten, he's like six and one all time. Cal's, yeah, Cal's good against everybody except for Duke and St. Peter's. I mean, just just think about it. how many games have we lost to Louisville under Cal? Not many. one. One, no, lost, two? No, we've we've two lost, I think, three. I think three. We lost yeah. the COVID okay. year when Devin okay. Askew was yeah. our point guard. We lost the year when Ryan Harrow was our point guard. And then we actually lost in 2016 with the Fox Monk team. Okay. But Louisville was, like, in the top, like, 10 that year, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so they've, okay so they've beaten one real Kentucky team. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring up something. But, yeah, but yeah, like team. think about all those good North Carolina teams. And the only time that one of them beat us when North Carolina was ranked in the top 10 was freaking John Higgins. Stupid oh, ass roofer. That's literally the only year. time that North Carolina beat us when they had like a very good team. I'm trying to think. They beat us the COVID year as well. Uh, they beat us in 2011 in the regular season. But then again, Brandon Knight and them, they beat them in the Elite Eight later that year. When else had we lost? And then we lost the 2013 year to North Carolina. I'm trying to think of what other losses we had in North Carolina. And then, yeah, the John Higgins game. Like, that's literally it. Like, if you take out John Higgins in times where we sucked, it was really only the 2011 team that we lost to them. But then we wound up avenging them and beating them in the Elite Eight. So, shout out Cal for taking care of the ACC squads. Let's keep it going. Let's beat Louisville. Kentucky should just dunk on everyone. Oh, really quick, where do you guys think we're ranked? A lot of big losses in front of us. Creighton had a terrible loss to a terrible UNLV team. Um, a lot of other ranked teams ahead of us lost. Of course, I can't remember any of them right now. Do you think? I'm I think so we're in the top ten. I think nine or eight personally. I think we are number nine because we're going to win number nine. Nice, bang. Um, I feel like they're going to do us dirty and give us like number eleven, and we'll just. <laughs> They just don't want to see us in the top ten, but I hope that it's I hope it's number ten, but probably eleven. I'm trying to think. So Clemson, who's ranked one ahead of us, they lost. Yeah. So um, Gonzaga lost this week. North Carolina, Carolina, we beat. We should jump them. 
Creighton lost to a very bad team. Baylor probably still ahead of us, but we can't act like they just didn't get like destroyed. Their brains destroyed against a uh, very very bad Michigan State team. Tennessee's also ranked ahead of us, and I just think we passed them just because we picked up a good win and they have three losses. Um, I think they lost to North Carolina earlier. So, yeah, I'd say like they did. That was a crazy game. I think nine. I think nine. Personally, yeah. Top 10 cats, baby. Let's roll. I love my team. I love my team. What was your your crew thing? 